Dear saints of God, we know that Jesus will return to judge the quick and the dead. And we know this for one reason and one reason only. Because He told us. And our Jesus doesn't lie. Summer, then fall. Winter, spring, then summer again. Morning and then evening and then morning again. It seems to us that yesterday is a lot like today. And so we think that tomorrow will be a lot like today. Last year was a lot like this year, so we think next year will be a lot like the year we're in. I suspect that we have to think like this to live, to have a home, to have a job, to bring up our children in the faith, to rejoice in God's gifts of creation. In fact, it was the Lord Jesus who gave us the sun and the moon and the stars for days and evening and for seasons and for years, that we would mark these off and that we would prepare for tomorrow, etc. But the day is coming when the sun will fail. The moon will turn to blood. Stars will fall from the sky. There is coming a day that will not have a tomorrow. So it is that into our expected comes the unexpected. Into this normal comes the very not normal. The words of Jesus from our Gospel. Jesus says there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the wave. People fainting with fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and with great glory. Luke 21, 25 to 27. Pow! That day will come. And it will be a day of destruction. A day of undoing. The earth melting with fire. All of the old things, that's all the things around us, passing away. It will be a day of judgment. And this is why the Lord Jesus is constantly rousing us to sleep and commanding us what to do today to be ready. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, that that day would suddenly come upon you like a trap, for it will come to all who dwell on the face of of the earth. So stay awake at all times, says Jesus in our text, verse 34. The word there, that your hearts be weighed down, is that your hearts would be dulled. That the edge would be taken off. That you would be numb. That the, that the daily grind would, would lull you to sleep so that you're not ready for His coming. And really, this is what Jesus is always talking about when He teaches about His second coming. Watch. These are His commands. Watch. Beware. Rise. Be ready. Stay awake. We had the same command two weeks ago, the last Sunday of the church here. And remember that what it means to be, to be awake and to be ready is for the second coming is faith. It's to have a trust in His Word. A trust in His promise that all our sins are covered by His blood. So we live in this readiness by the Holy Spirit being prepared for the Lord's dawning. But the text before us today from from Luke 21 is a little bit different than all these texts. For the text before us in the Gospel today doesn't just have commands for us now, 
what we're to do as we wait for the Lord to come, Jesus in this text actually tells us what we are to do when He returns. He has a command for us for what we are to do on that last day. And we have it in the text in two places. First, verse 28. Now, says Jesus, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Jesus is telling us what to do on the last day. When we see the earth start to fall apart, we sit up and lift our heads. This, dear saints, is simply, is simply beautiful. Jesus doesn't say, when you see these things begin to happen, fall on your face. Put your body to the earth. Cover yourself in ashes. Run for the hills. No! He says, chin up! And this is because His coming, like everything else that Jesus does, His coming in glory is for you. Your redemption is drawing near, says Jesus. That's the sweetest name in the Bible given to the second coming of Jesus. Our redemption drawing near. And that's why we stand straight with eyes up expecting His coming. For the, for the second coming of Jesus is not our destruction drawing near. It's not our judgment drawing near. It's not our punishment drawing near. No, it is our redemption drawing near. The one who gave up everything for us. The one who bled and who died on the cross for us. That's the one who's coming. And so there's nothing to be afraid of. I don't know if you have a sense in your own mind or in your own heart about how the devil is constantly working on you to convince you that Jesus hates you and that he's the one who loves you. And the devil does that in, in a specific way by making you afraid of the last day, making you fear the Lord's coming in judgment, make you terrified to hear that trumpet sound. But Jesus is the one who loves you. Jesus is the one who is coming to rescue you from sin and death and temptation and from the deceptions of the devil. The day of His coming is the day of our deliverance. It's our redemption drawing near. So Jesus gives us the command to sit up straight, to put our chin up. And then we have another command, the second command from Jesus. It's in verse 36 of the text, the last verse. Jesus says, stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape these things that are going to take place and finally to stand before the Son of Man. You will escape the trouble coming on the earth and in the end you will stand. Imagine a huge tornado that just sweeps through Aurora or wherever you live. This thing is miles wide and it's just raging and it destroys everything that it's in its path. It, uh, buildings just become rubble, uh, splinters, uh, uh, the bricks become chalk. Everything is, is flattened and leveled. But you live in a tornado-proof house. And when this tornado has gone through, there's one thing standing and that's your home. Dear saints, that's how it is on the day of judgment. You, after everyone else is fainting in fear, you are standing before the Son of Man. You live in a judgment-proof house. 
You have the foundation of God's word. And this is also in our text what Jesus says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Your heart is established in God's word. And so on the last day, you will stand. You are covered with the blood of Jesus. Just like the Israelites in Egypt. Remember that? The angel of death is passing through, killing all of the firstborn, and they had nothing but the lamb's blood on the doorpost to protect them. So you have nothing standing between you and judgment, between you and destruction, between you and hell, but this blood of Jesus, but it's enough. More than enough. In fact, because of the blood of Jesus, your judgment has already occurred. On the cross, the punishment for your sins has already taken place in the forsakenness of Jesus. The righteousness of God has already been given to you, put to your name. You are already adopted into the family of God. The Father already smiles upon you. There is a myth floating around these days that when the Christian dies or when the Lord comes, that we will have to face judgment. No. The unbeliever certainly will. A judgment that their works stained with unbelief will not stand before God forever. But listen to the words of Jesus about you. John five twenty four. Truly I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. That's you. So you have a command from your Jesus. Something that you are to do on the last day. You are to sit up, lift up your eyes, and stand before the Son of God. There are two ways to think of the Lord's second coming. Uh, we have this illustration often. I might have even used it a couple weeks ago. I can't remember. But there's two ways that a child waits for their father to come home. If the child has done something wrong and their mom says to them, go to your room and wait for your father to get home, <laughs> then their waiting is one of fearful expectation. And the sound of, the, of dad driving up from work is a frightful sound. There is another way to wait, though, and that is when the child has just gotten their report card and it's all A's and B's and they have the promise of going to Baskin Robbins to celebrate when dad gets home. <laughs> now they wait with joyful expectation, with gladness of heart, uh, uh, with a praying that it will come soon. Well, perhaps for us, dear Christians, there's a third option. Because you and I have certainly not gotten all A's and B's, have we? We have not done everything well. We do not deserve to be rewarded. But your Father knows your sins and still He has called ahead of time to give you the promise that when I get home, <laughs> I will give you all my gifts. I will give you all the joy and treasure and kindness that I know how to give. 
That's what, how we wait. Not because we've been good enough to deserve the Lord's reward, but because He loves us enough to give us that reward. And so it is that on the last day, when the mountains are shaking and falling into the sea, when the sun is turned black and the moon is turned to blood, when the stars are falling from the sky and quenching themselves in the ocean, when the powers of heaven are being shaken and when the elements of this universe are being dissolved in fire, Jesus tells you to stand. (laughs) To stand! When everything is falling apart. To straighten up. To lift up your heads. Because, dear saints, by God's goodness and grace, you are forgiven. You are righteous. You are holy. And you are His. So that on the last day, by God's grace and by Christ's blood, you will stand before Him. This is how things will be for you at the end of time. When the world is coming undone, there you will be, standing before the Son of Man. Here's the word of Jesus. Stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is our sure and certain hope. This is our confidence and our joy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.